everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G. I am Leo G, and podcasting is is what I do. I guess that's that's how we doing it for real. Like so, when I created this podcast last year, man, I wanted to be on the corner of culture, sports, music, entertainment. We'll talk about everything. So tonight we got a good show. We're gonna talk about a couple of things sports related, and we're gonna talk about the entertainment world as well. And I got a couple of guests that's gonna help me out tonight. So it should be a very very good show. Um. Well, I say a couple of guests because sometimes Jay shows up and sometimes, I, I, you know, we get our wires crossed. We get our communications crossed a lot of times. So, Jay, he, he I'm, I'm still, be. I'm still laughing at the fact that you just said that I am the Leo G show. And I kind of love, the, I want, I want that kind of like energy from you all. You should be like, I am the Leo G show. Like, remember how David Ruffin was like, y'all ain't nothing about David Ruffin. I want that energy from you all the time. <laughs> just constant David Ruffin energy is what I want from you. Just constant, constant like David Ruffin. I have a show with my I'm, name yeah, on it. Like, I just <laughs> want you to, I want you to walk into a McDonald's and be like, do you know who I am? I will own this McDonald's. I want that energy from you. Ruffin <laughs> <laughs> got his energy from cocaine. <laughs> I mean, if you have oh to do God. it. <laughs> so look, so 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 it already it's a party already. So w- without further ado, of course, my co-host, my so if I can just do a little analogy here, this would be like Johnny Carson and Jay would be Ed McMahon, right? If that's how this yeah. works. Yeah, I'm Ed McMahon. I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not drunk enough, but I mean, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> We can give it a shot. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and, and 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 you and and to be realistic, man, you got your hands in a lot of stuff, just like Ed McMahon. You know, publishers clear. Was Ed McMahon publishers clearinghouse? Was he the? Was he are, are you saying I'm scamming people? I mean, like, nah. I'm I mean, keep my business out the streets. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, look, we got another guest tonight, man. Uh, a real. A real cool brother that has a lot of stuff going on, man. And he's jumping into this whole podcast thing, too. He decided to jump on with me tonight, and I am glad he did. None other than my man, CJ, man. He's back for another podcast. Man, what's going on, CJ? Another podcast. And, and this one, when you contacted me to do this one, man, uh, I'm like, Jay, I really, really want to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah. So we, so we doing movies. We doing sports. A little bit of sports, I guess. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of things tonight. So, so just like we had the podcast a couple of episodes ago, Jay, where we talked about um, Judas and the Black Messiah. There's gonna be some mm-hmm. disclaimers. Like, so if you hadn't seen this movie, the particular movie we're gonna talk about, we'll let you know when to pause because we want you to pause the podcast, go watch the movie we're talking about, and then come back and listen to. I take on this particular movie. So moving forward, yeah. moving right along, we got a couple of things to talk about tonight. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is All-Star Game. NBA All-Star Game that just passed NBA. here. Happened in hot Atlanta. I mean, it's, it's about time Atlanta got the chance to shine for the All-Star Game. The All-Star Weekend in Atlanta is the best weekend ever, right? Right? Jeez, no? It was like the Thug Olympics, man, and we're gonna get into it. <laughs> we're get into it. So look, so check it out, man. So just so just give you a little recap of what happened here in Atlanta this past weekend for All-Star Game. So yeah, the All-Star Game happened. We still 
once again, just, it's so redundant that I keep having to say this, is the pandemic is still going on and we, we're still not out of the woods. I like how yet. tired yeah. you sound about it. You're just like, oh, because I am tired. <laughs> I, am, I am tired. Shit. This has been too long. It's been going on too long. But anyway, long story short, Adam Silver said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to have the NBA All-Star Game because the financial obligations and advertising money, we got to have an All-Star Game. And what other city to go to than the great city of Atlanta? They can handle it, right? It's not going to be a problem. We can have the All-Star Game in Atlanta. By the way, disclaimer, the NBA is not going to sanction any events. We're just going to have a made-for-TV game. There are not going to – the NBA is not going to tie their name to any events in the city. No fans are allowed at the game. Well, no, they did have fans. I think it was about yeah. So it was about thirty five hundred fans at the actual game. So when Adam Silver, I'm gonna say it's about thirty five hundred. So when Adam Silver got on TV and said, you know, hey, we're we're gonna have a game. It's just gonna be the game. Nothing else. It was almost like everybody else that was like, what? Wink, wink. Yeah, right. We we on the move. So as CJ knows, man, Atlanta being the city that we are, you know, we got it. There's it, a lot of stuff going on in this city. We got a lot of hustlers. We got a lot of promoters. We got a lot of things going on, and people are going to try to make money regardless. So, damn a pandemic. The All-Star Weekend is here, and let's roll out. So, Jay, let me tell you. Talk to me. Hey, God. It, 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 it was tiresome. CJ, go ahead. It, okay, you said 3,500 people. Where at the game? At the game. At the game. At the actual game. That's a lot, that's a lot of people. Thirty-five hundred and multiply that by four rims each. That was fourteen thousand rims that were stolen in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Man, that's so it, many people. Thirty-five hundred is like, like get, if, you were, if you were like, yo, how many people should we let in? And, no, and those game? are not. And, and like I said, those are not the exact numbers, Jay. I want to say. I so would say I want to say ballpark. Ballpark. Fifteen hundred and thirty-five hundred. So it's like ballpark. I don't think it was 3, above thirty-five hundred. But fifteen hundred is is precedent. Where it's like, like, because like, uh, like I get it. Like you can wear masks and like the risk is lower and the NBA has to make money. I get it. I get it. I'm not. I'm not trying to like pretend like this isn't capitalism. But uh, that's such a high number. And like it, to your point, the type of person who would be like cool with leaving the house during All Star Weekend during a pandemic um, are not doctors. They're not. <laughs> they're not scientists <laughs> or biologists. They're not epidemiologists. They're just people who are like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not scared of COVID. And those it's, are not the type of people that we want partying. All Star Weekend is All Star Weekend. All-Star I mean, but, weekend. but for what it's worth, though, it is All Star Weekend in Hot Atlanta, baby. Like, I mean, like. Even yeah, I'm kind of like jazz about it, and, and I'm not even in Atlanta. You got to be there, right? So look, CJ, so check this out. So Jay, of course, we know you're in the great Northwest. CJ is here, right here in, in the great city of Atlanta. So check this out. CJ, I don't know how much you got out this past week. Let me tell you something. I almost hibernated like a damn bear. I went to the store like Thursday night, got all my supplies because I was like, you know what? I'm not leaving. I know how this is going to go. I've seen it before. All my supplies, I was literally bunkered in my house for the whole weekend, man. I, I heard traffic was horrendous. If you watch the local news here, man, they were showing they all kind of choppers and showing all the traffic, 285, I-20, 75, 85, all over the city was just jacked up. CJ, it was this, it was crazy. Let me tell you, man, I, I have never been to the Mall of Georgia, but mm-hmm. that this weekend I had to go to the Mall of Georgia to pick up two iPads that I had ordered and the Apple store was the only one that was open. 
I in and and from the airport to the mall of Georgia, it takes you about fifty six minutes to get there. No traffic. Okay, I went up there. When I left the mall of Georgia, it was four o'clock. I got home at seven forty five. <laughs> it took you three hours to get home. All Star Weekend, right? All Star right? Weekend, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, so, so traffic, oh traffic in Atlanta. So, so traffic had kind of <laughs> tapered off here, like with the pandemic. But now things are starting to ramp back up because you know we, we're starting to see the weekend, light at the baby. end of the tunnel. But it's like, hot so All Star Weekend. It, it basically it looked like Freaknik ninety five all over again. So check this out. So not only did we <laughs> have the traffic, we had like so if you if you on social media a lot, social media is like the ghetto news of everything, man. And so there were a lot of people that came to Atlanta and they posted like all the ghetto ratchetness that was going on and yeah, it made us look bad. Oh my god, I well, was just so embarrassed. So, so no, the number one no, thing, so, no, no. So, the the social media post didn't make you look bad. The partying during a pandemic made you look bad. Let's be well, frank. It's, it's, it wasn't y'all. I know it wasn't y'all. Not from Atlanta. <laughs> I know it wasn't y'all. The people that were here partying definitely weren't here from Atlanta. So, number yeah, one, I just know it wasn't y'all. Uh, I'm just saying, y'all's go, y'all couple, governor was the one who was like, come on down. Yeah, so we don't even want to talk about that clown. But anyway, so a couple of different things were gonna go down, and CJ alluded to one of them. So check this out. So All Star Weekend is here, right? Parties everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody yep. converged on the city. Traffic is bad. One of the biggest things that we saw on social media this weekend, CJ, and he alluded to it: rims and tires being stolen. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! There were pictures, videos all over social media and on TikTok. Like oh, man. literally, man. I think I didn't know people still three, did that. Every every three <laughs> out of five cars that were here in this city got the rims and tires stolen. And I didn't know people, people were, still stole rims. I really didn't. Man, I, I, people these, still the, do that. The, the thievers here in Atlanta were moving with the precision and the quickness of a NASCAR pit crew. You hear me? <laughs> they were going everywhere from Buckhead to Conyers to Decatur to College Park, putting suburbans on bricks like it wasn't nothing. CJ. I know. I saw it. I was like, "Damn, this is ridiculous!" Oh my god! All Star Weekend is the best. <laughs> so, 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 that, so, so, so that was the first one, right? So that's the first thing with All Star Weekend in Atlanta. Second thing, All Star Weekend in Atlanta is if you did come down here and you wanted to go out. So here, there were a bunch of events all over the city. Like right. it wasn't no, like it wasn't a pandemic, right? Right. Go to the club. <laughs> So if you were able to make it to the club in a decent time, barring traffic and dodging the bullets, <laughs> dodging the bullets along the way to those locations, because there were multiple shootouts, right? And exactly. if you feel comfortable parking your car, don't forget that part. You oh, got to park oh, your no. car someplace. You feel, so you could feel comfortable parking your car for for the for the for the small price of about hundred dollars just to park, right. just to park <laughs> at any event here in the city. It was a cool hundred dollars to park your car. At your own risk. So you had to pay a hundred, but it was still a disclaimer saying, Hey, you're gonna pay this hundred, but parking this car is at your own risk because you're gonna come out, you possibly be on bricks. And- <laughs> it was crazy. Man. Wait, 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 wait. So I can give you a hundred dollars and still lose my ribs? <laughs> Pretty much. Why am I giving you a hundred then? <laughs> like- this is the city where people like to reflect and show off what they have and 
This is all weekend. Uh, you roll through uh, uh, some nice rims, you were already put on a list that yeah, we're gonna get him. <laughs> oh man. Off the rip, off rip, man. So yeah, so now you're paying a hundred dollars <laughs> to park at a location to go to a spot to get to the door, right? So here we go. You get to the door. If you are a regular person, and, and CJ, you and I living in Atlanta know what regular person means, right? Yeah. If you just like a regular person off the rip that don't know nothing about Atlanta and you go stand in this long ass line, you're going to pay anywhere from a hundred to about $500 just to get in right. to a spot, just to get into a spot. We're not talking about sections or a table. Like sections were going in Atlanta for All-Star Weekend for like 10 G's. In a pandemic, you're going to go to a spot where ain't nobody wearing a mask and pay $10,000 for a damn section at a club, right? So you getting got man, you getting got for your rims. You got to stand in line. You got to pay five hundred dollars to get in the club. <laughs> Everybody wearing a mask. This weekend, you spent so Memphis much money. City, it looked like people trying to leave the city because a hurricane was coming. <laughs> oh man, Whitehall Street, Whitehall Street was backed up so bad, man. You couldn't like you couldn't even get off the exit. Everybody was going to Magic City like it was the place to be. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, man. Just, for a local weekend. man, it it's, was it's the best. Man. It's the best time. It's the so, best time of the year, so, am I right? So yeah, we, <laughs> we talked about the rims getting stolen. We talked about the club. So now here's the third thing, man. We it was almost like Beirut around this camp for the whole All Star weekend, man. Real talk. This is serious though. On a serious tip, man. We had several people shot on the freeway. We had people shot in parking lots of Kroger's and Targets. Yeah. Like, trying to fit in their rims. That's that was, <laughs> I try to like. No, you can't have oh my rims. So yeah, it, shootings all over the place, man. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't dude, mean to laugh at the shootings. It's not the shootings aren't funny. Uh, <laughs> but All Star Weekend is uh, like so. It, as an event, it's actually kind of comical because as an event, it is known for being kind of like it fucks up cities, <laughs> like every place it goes to. And, and I'm kind of happy I live in a city that like nobody wants to go to in February. Like, no one wants to come to Seattle in February. When it was Freaknik, bro. Uh, yeah. It's, I feel for y'all. Like, I really do. <laughs> um, I mean, like, did you did you watch the game at all? No? Dude, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I had no desire to watch the game after just trying, after watching, like, see, I don't know how CJ felt about it, but after just, like, watching the news the entire weekend <laughs> and just seeing everything that was going on, man, I didn't want to, like, I was no. done. Like, by Friday night, I was done with All Star Weekend. I was like, "Damn it, man! I'm just get the hell up out of here, man!" <laughs> Shit. It was a wild, wild west oh, man. in the south. Oh, I mean, I get it. Like, I wouldn't want to watch like the thing that was keeping my town hostage either. That's like, <laughs> it's like God, being in man. Gotham, being and, like, "Oh, yo, it's Bane. Let's go pay attention to him." Like, no, he's holding us hostage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I really, as quiet as it's. I don't believe that the guys from Atlanta did all that stealing. Okay, I believe a lot of people came here, saw what they wanted, and took it and got home with it. I don't think because it even during the regular times when there's nothing going on, it ain't that many rims being stolen. There's some nice yeah. cars riding around Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's you. I mean, you attract people to Atlanta for this event, and I feel like you know those people uh, obviously attract other people who prey upon them. And absolutely, you know, from Seattle came in here and did that shit. Yeah, it was us. We did it. We did it. We got all the rims, baby. And now it's now it's hot Seattle. It doesn't sound as cool, but that's what we are. 
<laughs> yeah, man. NBA, NBA All Star Weekend. So, like, so if you want to put, so everybody, if you want the highlights of All Star Weekend here in Atlanta, just go TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You can see the videos. You can see the fights at Cumberland Mall. You can see the shootouts at Lennox Mall. You can see everybody's I don't, I don't cars on bricks. Black suffering. No, thank you. <laughs> I've seen enough black suffering. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> so, so on the so on, so on the serious tip, man. Like real real talk. I mean, the game went off without a hitch. NBA pulled it off and did what they did, man. But, <laughs> it sounds so like, like it didn't. So it really talk, sounds so like wanna, it flipped wanna, up Atlanta. Well, so but I want to ask you guys this question before we move on. So. With everything, Jay, of course, you weren't a part of it. But so, CJ, I'll kick it to you first. With everything that happened and transpired over this weekend, man, was it really worth it to have the game here, man? No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't worth it, man, because first of all, they put a bad light on the city. People are already scared to come here, you know, for for certain reasons I won't mention right now. But we got two stigmas on Atlanta right now, and one of them is all of a sudden we're the gay capital of the world. Oh man, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, and and now it's whenever you have something in Atlanta, people people from out of state were posting on Facebook. Hey, if you're going to Atlanta, then they show a picture of a window broken, uh, rims off a car, somebody shooting a gun. They said, "This is what you're going to see." And and they were like, "Well, you're not going to see the All Star game, but the highlight is going to be car stealing, rims stealing, shooting, and fights." If you're going to the All Star game in Atlanta, I'm like, so definitely wasn't. So Jay, how do you feel about it? With you know, from listening to us talk about what happened in our city, man, do you feel like it was really worth it for the NBA to go ahead and fire oh, this up? No, and do what they did. Of course not. Uh, I I 100 feel like uh, the NBA shouldn't have had the All Star game. I said that last no two weeks ago. I said did, the NBA shouldn't have an All Star game, and it's irresponsible. And and honestly. Um, I'm throwing shade at your at your governor because you really shouldn't have let this happen. Like, like it's ironic to me that the person who you elected to protect the state was like, nah, come on in and fuck this who state elect, up. Who, who elected? Who elect well, correct, correct, correct. I, no one elected I, him. I forgot, I forgot about I, how he got that election. I, my bad. I, my bad. He got put in his pocket from this game. Oh, I yeah. think him and him, I guarantee you, him and every Republican in Georgia got a little richer. And, yep, exactly. And, and honestly, like, oh. I mean, yeah, so NBA, but NBA, 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 no. shout out NBA All Star Weekend Atlanta. It was almost like Grand Theft Auto. Plus, Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> if, you could, if you could take Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and combine them into one. That's what All Star Weekend was here in Atlanta. That you know, I, I, dice so games grab, and so five star, dice, <laughs> dice, dice games and five uh, five star hotels. Um, yeah. People like literally uh, instead of getting a hotel here in Atlanta, renting U-Haul vans for twenty dollars and making it their makeshift hotel room just oh, to be shit. here and say they're here. Women, women posting on GoFundMe. To get back home because they got stuck here. Yeah. Oh my God. That was crazy. But I'm saying, <laughs> hey, they, they were post, they were not only posting on GoFundMe, they were posting on OnlyFans too. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not shading that. You gotta get that money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna shade that at all. Uh okay. So it sounds like like my question to you then for both of y'all then is this: like if this had happened during not a pandemic. Do you, would you feel differently about it, or is it just like is the pandemic the icing on the cake? But honestly, it shouldn't have been in Atlanta at, at all. So, so check this out. 
outside of a pandemic, I think, yeah, you bring it, you, you plan this out, you bring it to Atlanta and you're able to do a lot better with providing security. a lot of, a lot of security, <laughs> a lot more options, a lot of different things to where you can actually, you know, plan for it. This was something like literally like two weeks, together in like two a week. Before they was, yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, we're yeah. coming to Atlanta. We're going to do the All-Star game. Like, you can't plan for that. You can't, what the hell can you plan for that? <laughs> You can't yeah, plan that's true. for that. That's true. Some it, event of that magnitude. And like I said, the NBA doesn't understand what well, they do, but they don't care. I, I should say that much. I, I go ahead and put it out there. Like, you know, there's yeah. a culture that, that there's a culture around the NBA All-Star game that the NBA does not really acknowledge. And so that's what happened. But in order oh, for I think us they to do. plan I think for they, something like that. I think they I think they purposely uh and, and we're we're running long on this, but whatever. I think they purposely nurture that that uh culture because that that culture uh you know it attracts players to want to come play in the nba is part of like the the benefits of being an nba player like the all-star weekend is known for attracting stars think about how many all-star weekend basketball games they would have where like you know nba stars would play with celebrities where they're purposely trying to cultivate that that culture of all-star weekend being like a big deal like it's that's why they keep expanding events and trying to find more and more things. Like the skills event is stupid. It makes no sense. But they keep expanding it because they're trying to find a way to put more basically NBA players' faces on TV so that people latch on to them and become fans. Yeah. Well, it didn't work in the pandemic. I should say that much. Um, yeah. CJ, you know, CJ, I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe post-pandemic in another 10 to 15 years, we can bring it back and do it right. But CJ, this was just not the right time. Well, and, and, and the pandemic had a lot to do with a lot of the venues being shut down and they couldn't use. That caused a lot of the, the chaos also because they really didn't have anywhere to do anything because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So I give. Closed, you know, they couldn't go to the club. They couldn't go to certain venues because they weren't allowing uh, large groups together. You know, and so it, it was a bad decision all around. NBA, NBA All-Star Weekend in Atlanta. 2021, two thumbs down. All right, so we're gonna move. So we're gonna move on, man. So look, so this is the part of the episode of this podcast. If you hadn't watched the movie that we we're about to talk about, I suggest that you hit the pause button right now and go watch it and, and come back. Cause we're gonna talk about a movie that came out this past weekend as well and just get into the nuts and bolts of it. So you gotta say what it. movie it is though. Say what movie well, okay. it is so they know the pause. So Thank you, Jay. So coming, so coming <laughs> to coming to America, coming to America, the sequel, whatever you want to call it, came out this past weekend. When we're about to jump into it right now, so check this out. It's been thirty plus years, thirty-one years, mm-hmm. I think. Because I don't know, my math is kind of bad. Coming to America was a a movie that came out in nineteen eighty-eight. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, John Amos, James Earl Jones, just to name a few of the actors that were in the original movie in nineteen eighty-eight, right? It became yeah. a instant cult classic. It, it was a movie that was was funny. There were a lot of lines. This was the first time I think a lot of us saw a movie where uh, two actors, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, played uh, multiple <laughs> characters with makeup. Uh, John Landis, yeah. you know, he was able to do his thing. So, CJ, man, coming to America 1988, man, how did you feel about that movie when you first saw it? Just We'll talk about the first movie just for a little bit. CJ, how did you feel about the original Coming to America? Okay, in the original Coming to America, they focused on the royalty part of it. You know, they were actually showing us how blacks were living as royalty in Africa. Okay, now the Coming to America part was just a spinoff from that that little startup 
it drew you into the movie, that royalty part of it. And then the com the comedic part of it kept us there. Okay. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't exaggerated. It was just what you would expect from two guys who've never been to America coming to, coming from Africa for the first time. And that is a culture shock for them. And that's how they reacted to it. That drew us in and that made it funny. That made it real. But that's now. We're we gonna get to the say okay, we we're gonna get to the coming to America two part and just say so Jay, so your first thoughts on watching the original coming to America nineteen eighty eight. Um well I mean obviously I was six, so yeah. Here's how I feel about the movie in its itself. because uh, you know, I've seen it since obviously a couple times. Um, so as a movie, I think, uh, you know, as a comedy, it's funny. It's something that, uh, you know, it, it is an Eddie Murphy vehicle. Uh, I liked, uh, and, and again, from the perspective of the eighties, I liked that it actually did try to portray, uh, it, it was one of the times when you saw Africa portrayed, uh, in a way that wasn't like, oh, they're all like running around in loincloths. And I liked that they actually did portray them as being like royals. So there's this royal family. Uh, and and I also like the message behind it, kind of how he, you know, he instead of uh, following the tradition, because that was the way things were traditionally done, he went with what felt what he felt was right and what and kind of went with his heart. And that was the message that kind of pulled me in for the movie for me personally. And so that's what I really liked about that original movie. And also like the soul glow commercial, right? Like that shit is dope. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's iconic. it's iconic. one of the best send ups of Jerry Carroll culture of all time. So yeah, because yeah, because let's let's be realistic, man. You can't you can't have the transition from the seventies with the naturals and the afro moving into the eighties and what the Jerry Curl did in our community, right? So we went completely from the natural and the afro right into the Jerry. Okay, I digress. I went too far. <laughs> so, like I said, nineteen eighty eight. So like I was, of course, I was a young lad, young pup when Coming to America came out in nineteen eighty eight. The significance of this movie, like, so let's just to, to give a little backdrop of this, like, like Eddie Murphy moving into 1988 and doing Coming to America, he had did a bunch of movies before that. And I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan, right? So in his filmography, Coming to America is probably, it's, uh, it's got to be in the top three. In my opinion, and this is up for debate, we can talk about this later, it's not number one because I feel like they're, it, it, it might be top three, I guess maybe top five but it's not number one but there was a big significance because i think of like you just said jay the soul glow the barbershop scene so many different scenes and so many different uh things we took from the original and quotes and lines that were just iconic that we were like man this was just something that we hadn't seen and of course like cj alluded to man it was a perspective from two guys coming from africa that we hadn't seen before so it was a it was a movie that was just iconic in its own. So it took 30 plus years for them to decide if they wanted to do a sequel. And they finally did. So we get Coming to America 2 that just came out this past weekend. So initial thoughts, man. Like, so first of all, I'll just give you a little insight uh, into it. They brought like one of the things that I thought was pretty cool was we got a large majority of the original cast back, which is crazy, right? You, you 30 know, years. Not necessarily. There's one. Uh, that, that wasn't good at all. Mad Sinclair. <laughs> Mad Sinclair Shout being gone. Sinclair. Like, there's, there's so little mention of her. And I think be, 
the thing that that kind of uh that there's a bit like right at the end like you know he makes like oh what would your mom say but there's well, no there's well, so early, little there's so little early, mention early, of her there's early well i think early on in the movie they they show like a picture of her yeah like, they did yeah, they, they show some pictures they show the pictures of her but of course she has a passed on she has passed on right and, and i get that but like even like like something that that um my wife pointed out when we were watching it, there's a whole point where they do like an in memoriam, like you know, just like to to some I I can't remember. I think it's like some dude like J Ryan Nelson, but then it's like, well, why wouldn't they include Matt Sinclair in that? Like, why why is it? And it just feels like like this this whole movie does this thing where it preaches to you about like how strong women are, but then it subjugates them all to okay, a secondary okay, wait, role. Whoa, 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 wait, Jay, hold on, hold on. Let me let me okay. let me give no, them a break. Let me give a, just, just a little more backstory, and then we're gonna get into the to the meat of it. Okay, so okay. like I said, I would, like, like I was just saying, we had a large majority outside of the people, of course, that are no longer with us physically that were not able to be in the movie. I think there were a couple of like Eric Lasalle, of course, he was not in the movie. I want to say that. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> I don't think he wanted Lisa. to come back. Does he even have hair anymore? <laughs> so Lisa, Lisa's sister, she she wasn't back in the movie. Lisa McDowell, yeah. her sister, wasn't back in the movie. But for 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 the most part, there were a lot of people from the original cast that came back. Of course, we know Eddie Murphy on Senior Hall. You had um, James Earl Jones, John Amos came back for it. Uh, Shahari Healy, if I'm not mistaken, that's how you pronounce her name. Lisa, she was back in it, um, which was very funny. Vanessa Bell Calloway had a very big role in the first movie. She came back um, for the second one as well. Just uh, uh, quite a few people. One Easter egg, if you didn't catch. Did, did Vanessa Calloway really have a see, big role? No, she did, she was back. But what say, CJ? The, the ones that shouldn't have been back. With them old bastards in the barbershop, they should have been fucking yeah, dead. Why were they not dead? <laughs> Thank you. Like it was like, yo, thirty years has passed, and they're just yeah, still there the, and the still movie. old. They were old. And they were pushing <laughs> death. They were pushing death away every morning in the first movie, so, and so, then for thirty so years they've been alive. So I'm gonna let y'all talk about it in just a second. So look, one Easter egg that I wanted to point out that I felt was very, very funny, and I did hear Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy talk about here on kind of the late night rounds. And I was kind of thrilled to see it. So I don't know if you guys realize this, but in the very first coming to America, there was one, one Caucasian actor in the entire film. And that was Louis 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 Anderson, who was an up and coming comedian back then. And they brought Louis Anderson back for coming to America too. I just felt that that was just, I I thought that was very nostalgic to do. Is bring him back. So I just wanted to point that out. So look, you guys are ch- wait, hold on. So you guys are chomping at the bit. You guys are chomping at the bit, and I'm gonna let you guys get into it here in just a second. So now here we go. So I, I'm gonna start you out first, Jay. Jay, here we go. Coming to America too, and like I said, we're pressing on time. Jay, give me, I guess, some of the things that you felt weren't necessary. We'll start that out. So give me, give me your what wasn't necessary for this sequel. I guess so. It's not so much a, a thing that wasn't necessary. It's more just the way that things were addressed in the sequel. So, like, like the 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 issue that I so I will say this: like, if you're just looking for a nostalgia hit, like if you enjoyed the first one and you just want to like be reminded of how much you enjoyed the first one, watch this because it, it's clearly just a nostalgia bomb. I mean, like, it has almost as much footage from the original movie as it does actual 
like footage. But. So like there's so many times we're like, remember that first movie? And it's like, yeah, we all remember the first movie. That's why we're here. No one is watching this and never having seen the first coming to America. No one. <clears throat> so the thing that I would say that I wish they had done just a hundred percent less of is it, it does this thing. And I said it earlier where it preaches to you. It's like, oh, well, women are strong and you have to give them like respect and a place and a position and allow them to achieve. But then in this movie, uh, they don't give any woman the opportunity to do that. Um, they they don't flesh out any, like there are literal characters in this movie, his two daughters, um, even Leslie Jones character where they just exist in this universe, but you don't see anything that makes you know them more as a person to even understand their personality. Like okay. I assume that his middle daughter, the the uh the youngest one who wore glasses, I assume she liked to read books because she wore glasses. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's wearing glasses. She must like to read. And I had to make that assumption because like they don't give you anything to work with. And then and then they 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 do this thing where like, and I have a lot of thoughts about this as well. I also uh I I love Jermaine Fowler. I want to make sure I say this first. I love Jermaine Fowler, not charismatic enough to carry this movie. He just isn't. Uh, I really, I wanted somebody who was more charismatic. Like, I, so, I, so okay, so okay, so Jay, I, I'm not not to cut you off because I don't want to get too pressed on time here. So, character depth was something that they obviously kind of glanced over in your opinion, but I want to kind of get to CJ. So, going back, same question, CJ. Oh, we, yeah. talked about the, we talked about the first one here, man. So, I'm gonna give you a little time to talk about. So, what basically what were some of the things that that could have that that could have kind of been, I guess, left out of this uh, okay. particular movie. Let's start with his dad. His dad was the king, okay? His dad was still alive. His first request, his last request, let me be able to see what type of celebration of life you guys are going to have for me. I don't want to be dead and not see this celebration. Their idea was to bring a casket in, stand it upright, and stand <laughs> in it. Okay, now you're you're in Africa, you're in the middle of Africa, and you you would think that they would have some kind of traditional African music for a funeral, but no, they introduced fucking in vogue for the first <laughs> and then they had freaking salt and pepper, and they look more like meat and potatoes to come out and do what a man, what a mighty good man, and then to follow that up, Gladys Knight singing the midnight train to fucking Zumanda. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how that was going to play. I was like, yo. He calls Eddie to the casket and says, I'm going to die now. And then died. <laughs> yeah, they could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, kind of, yeah, that was, that was kind of cheesy. I also, mean, I like that whole, around- that whole thing with like, did we really need to see uh, Jermaine Fowler's character do the same thing as Eddie Murphy's character in the first movie? Did we need to see him be like, oh no, I want to marry for love. Did we need to see him make yeah, that decision? Like, why did we do this again? It's like, as soon as he like saw Tiana Taylor and was like, all right, dope, I'll marry her. You should have stuck with that. Like you should have just been like, well, I, I'm I'm still I'm still into Tiana Taylor. I'm sorry, uh, hey, Barbara Girl. Which, by the way, hey. a fucking week with that Barbara Girl. He got married to her because she hey. wanted to have a business. Like, get the hey. fuck out, huh? Let me okay. ask you. And this goes to Leo also. All three of us, we're vibrant. We're, we're virile men. This one scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I wouldn't call myself the, virile. In the morning, you will get awakened by three are the most beautiful black sisters you have ever seen in your life. And they say, hey, we're here to bathe you. 
is your first inclination to run to your mama and ask her mama to ask her what to do? Yeah, that was that was a weird situation. That was. I will say this. I understand the trepidation. Like I wouldn't be down. Well, obviously I'm married, but even unmarried, I'm not down with just being bathed. Like I I like I like my personal private shower time. I don't want a person involved. Uh, though I feel like that was all just to set up the joke of with Leslie Jones having to do basically going down on her in the bathtub. Like I feel like that was just to set up that joke. And, and I will say this: there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things in this movie that don't make sense, but they're just there to set up jokes. Like, do you really think a lion would be distracted by cat food? Hell no. <laughs> There's no way in hell a, li- a lion would be distracted by cat food. Also. Where in Africa are they that they can fu- fucking find bamboo just growing like out of the fucking ground? I would love to understand that. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's, like it's China, right? China. <laughs> just, just bamboo. Just like, oh, we got bamboo here. It's like, uh, where are y'all? Where where are y'all at? And, and, and also, have you ever been to Africa? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, well, even if you haven't, don't you know they don't do the fucking electric slide in Africa? Okay, look. So my <laughs> wife, no, my wife is first generation gambian uh nigerian and i said the minute i saw that i was like why is tana taylor starting this electric slide she's african she shouldn't start it my wife's like well africans know the electric slide i'm like i'm not saying you don't but you shouldn't fucking start it like it should be your first dance it shouldn't be like oh let's dance electric slide come on now uh (laughs) one one more thing before we move on oh no we're here (laughs) i'm not um <laughs> when did he get? When did the general of a powerful army become a drum major to a drum line in Africa? I was actually I was down for the drum major, and that shit was dope. I actually enjoyed that. I, that was fun. I and actually I will say like I like the drumming, and I the I really did. I had a lot of fun. Uh, or I guess it looks like Wesley Snipes had a lot of fun. It was fun watching Wesley Snipes be an African general. His his yeah, accent was terrible. Get to the drum line. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and and but like, if we're being honest, like authenticity was not something they were going for because, like, like it, like we were saying at the at, at, well, like like I think I said this uh, initially. It, it's you know, again, my wife uh, and I had this whole conversation because uh, you know she legit is African. Um, she was uh, she said like the only African music, and, and it's true, the only legitimately African music they have is at the wedding. Uh, at the the wedding. singer. Yeah, the exactly. the wedding singer is is, Af- is a legitimate exactly. African pop star. Everything else is just like a conception of Africa, and, and I get that 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 was built with uh you know the first movie, but the first movie was in 1988. This was in 2021. So, so check it forward. out. So check it out. So check it out. So I think we've come to the conclusion that authenticity was one of those things that was looked at, but it wasn't going into depth in. So here's my take, and here's a little bit that I want to talk. I want to move and talk about some of the positive things from the movie. If you guys did find positive things, but I want to just touch on a couple of things that I saw uh, about positive positivity in the movie because there were a bunch <laughs> of mixed reviews. So there was a bunch of mixed reviews over the weekend about the movie, but I just want oh, yeah. to touch on a couple of things that I thought that were positive. So yeah, authenticity, obviously about talking about Africa and talking about some of the different, I guess, generalizations that we, you know, that I guess was kind of glanced over. It wasn't really went into depth, but just from a storyline perspective, I want to get into a few things, right? So one of the things that I thought that they did that, in my opinion, this is basically my opinion, from a nostalgia standpoint, they really tried to hit on bringing back a bunch of the nostalgia points, whether they hit on them comedically and did a good job. That's yet to be determined, but they were able to give us 
some of the nostalgia that we got from going from Zamunda to Queens and back to Zamunda, whatever the case may be. Yes, the Barbers were probably it's, technically they're supposed to be 185 <laughs> years old. Yeah, they should be dead. To, <laughs> we, did, we did go back to Mighty T's Barbershop and we did get their perspective. Was it as funny as the first? I don't know, but they did give you that nostalgia aspect of going back. Like I said, once again, Jay, and you kind of alluded to it with they did actually go and do so. Uh, maybe a lot of people hadn't seen the first one, but they did kind of give you some some backstory as to how things kind of transpired uh, and how Eddie Murphy got to the point where he had a right. son. I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little corny, but they did. I do like that the retcon I, scene. Oh. The retcon scene was fun. I actually really thought the retcon scene was really funny. <laughs> um, some of it was the, the port of the retconning, like the CGI, but it was just a fun scene. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Leslie Jones. She killed it. What, see, what got me was in the first movie, we all know what transpired, but in this movie, to show how he conceived his son, he basically got drugged and raped, is what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rape culture. Yeah, rape culture. Right. It's okay to rape men. It's okay to rape men, right? I mean, they want to counsel that. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. Okay. So, yeah. like I said, from, so like I said, the, the positivity of it, like I said, so from a nostalgia aspect, I really got move like it kind of just was touching for me to be so connected to the movie in 1988 and then see some of the nostalgia aspects of it so now i'm gonna talk to you guys both a little bit and then like i said we're gonna wrap this up um my big biggest part for me and i'm gonna just leave it at that and i'm gonna let you guys give me the positive takeaways from it because we're running on the mark so in it took it took me to the end of the movie in my opinion show stiller because I was waiting for it. I was on the edge of my seat and I was waiting for it. I was waiting for Jackson Heights on the, the, the man that was known for the what's going down episode of that's my mama who played Joe, the policeman, Mr. Randy Watson. And I don't think he disappointed. That was my highlight positive moment of the movie. Randy Watson stole the show. And I was like, yo, I'm here for that, man. The nostalgia aspect of it went to 10 with Mr. Randy Watson at the end. And that's where I was feeling it. So, you know, like I said, mixed mixed opinions on all other stuff. But I think I give Randy Watson the biggest mark of the whole entire movie. So, CJ, start with you. If you can find any positivity in the movie, what what was your what was your take that you found that was okay, the coolest point of the movie? The bloopers. <laughs> wow wow the so the end was, basically the end was your favorite part okay dope, get to dope, the, end. Dope. the beginning <laughs> okay the beginning was, was i like the fact that they were showing the royalty part of it you know i love the beginning of it drew me in to want to see what the rest of it was going to be like so i like that aspect of it when they were showing you know that like like jay said that we're not Running around the jungle with some half-cut drawers on, throwing spears at food. We trying bones, to bones in our noses. <laughs> right, right. It showed the royal side that we are and have always been from royalty. Period. So I, I got that out of it. And that scene with him and John Amos when he was giving him that father-to-son talk. Absolutely, absolutely. That that was that was that was strong right there. I like that. Part. That was absolutely CJ. That was another strong point. And I, I want. I, I was hoping that somebody would bring that up. Another strong point. Another review that I read was saying that they loved how John Am- John Amos after his father, of course, passed away. He was able to tie things in and sit down with Cleo McDowell, of course, of McDowell's fame, <laughs> to right. talk to him and tell him 
all of the pressures that he had on him as being the king of Zamunda and what he could do to actually change things. Another positive thing real quick, and I kick it over to Jay, was that I love the fact that there were some things that needed to kind of, I guess, be fleshed out as far as character depth is concerned. But I like the fact that it gave uh, Prince or King Akeem, going from Prince Akeem to King Akeem, not having kind of everything together um, and him being able to have to figure things out again and him being able to to change things and make things for the better. And like Jay kind of alluded to with, you know, one of the things in Zamunda was the the king, the crown had to be, the, had to be passed on to a male. Where, right. yeah, Eddie Murphy did find out that he had a son, but his wife was able to tell him, the queen, like, hey, you're the king, you make the rules. So we saw at the end of the movie that, hey, he said, yes, my daughter Mika will be the queen and she will be the ruler of Zamunda. It, we didn't flesh out all of the parts that it took to get there, but they took us there to say, hey, yes, as having three daughters, my eldest daughter will now be the queen. Okay. Okay, wait. I know, I know we're being positive. I know we're being positive. But, like, can we point out the fact that Eddie Murphy, one, told no one that he was going to Queens to go find his illegitimate son, <laughs> brought him back, and was like, yo, check it out. This is my illegitimate son. And then oh, he, he didn't say and, that. He didn't he introduce him. This is my bastard, is what he said. Right. And then not only that, not only did he not tell anyone that, like, he throughout – Throughout this movie, he is doing things like just not. Talk- He's like going to his wife after the fact and being like, "Look, I'm not gonna have any more secrets. I'm not gonna lie to you." And then just goes out and has more secrets and more lies. Like and, and like, there's never a uh, like the big comeuppance for him is his wife was like, "Go sleep on the couch." Like, yeah. what king you know gonna let his wife tell him to go sleep on the couch? More to the point, what wife do you know is gonna let her husband run amok like he did? like lie to her multiple times involving their children and then just be like, well, your punishment is the couch. Right. Like <laughs> none of it, like not, that part of it, I was like, not, okay. But anyway, I'm being positive. So positive things about the movie. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I need to do the yay. Um, I will say this. I really liked, uh, again, I, I said, I liked Leslie Jones performance. I, I thought the, the, uh, the relationship yeah. between her and Lisa was super cute. Yeah, like I, 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 I black, black women. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was super cute. I really and I, and I, I loved. I wish they had spent a little bit more time like developing that relationship. But I I loved how it ended. Like I loved how it ended. Wait, wait. Like I, what you don't think people in families get along? First of all, black women, black women, white women, all women have been trying to get away. From the dirtiest word that you can call a woman, bitch. And in a movie, she called the queen a stuck up bitch. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but what I'm saying, she called, I think, I think it was a joke. I think that, yeah, okay, the, the whole uppity bitch joke, it was, a, it was, I think it was a joke. I don't think it was meant to be like, in, in a serious tone and not to go too far off into it. I just yeah. want to, like they said, the relationship oh, between... with the queen of your uppity bitch and see what happened to your ass. <laughs> and then, like, I get it. I don't want to get, the relationship, yeah, the relationship between the two, I thought. The relationship between the two, really I thought well. was pretty great. Because normally, CJ, we don't see relationships between black women in that aspect when you have somebody that is a, a, a baby mama and then you have a woman that is somebody's actual husband and has fathered three of their kids legitimately. Yeah. Now you bring a black 
if you notice, they didn't get really close until they started consuming alcohol. <laughs> well, no, no, that's not that's not entirely true. So they got close right before, and then they went and started consuming alcohol. But consuming like, because she gave her she gave her a gift, and, and you know, the necklace. And, yeah, they gave her the necklace, and so like they they had a but to, but to your point, they did that, and that's my point. They didn't spend enough time with that relationship, really building it, so that it, it made it feel like oh, they got drunk and became friends. And then the other uh, performance, I thought Kiki Lane's performance was really good as Mika. I actually really, really, uh, I enjoyed her story arc. Um, again, I feel like I wish it had gotten fleshed out more where, you know, they, because here's the thing, even if Eddie Murphy had told them all about what he was going to do, uh, her reaction should have been the same, but it felt like a cop out to just have him not tell her so that she could just, they could basically just blame him. So essentially uh, the relationship between her and her brother just became a thing like, oh, our dad is kind of terrible. He should have told us about all this. And since he didn't, now we're we're friends. And it just felt like a lazy out for me. I would have liked a little bit more like work on like them coming to a mutual respect for one another that didn't involve giving the lion cat food. I still don't she believe had, that. She had the strongest part in that movie. She was the one that I paid more attention to than anybody else. She acted like a person in her position would really act. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was, it was real. Yeah, how, I really I thought her part was great. Like she she it really did. It yeah, it I, I enjoyed it. I really did. So, uh, so I think we I think we can all agree that there were some some parts that we wish could have been done better. There were some positive parts in the movie. There were some negative parts. So oh, just one last thing: up. every black woman in this movie was fine. It was insane how hot every black every black woman in this movie was. Totally high. agree on that. I totally agree on that. Every woman in this movie was a very attractive. They did a great job of portraying them, in that, portraying them in that aspect. Even when they brought Leslie to Africa, they, they, yeah. they brought her up, they put her in, in, the, in the robes and the dresses, and I, and I did enjoy that aspect of it, and I was glad that they were able to do that. So, like I said, once again, I think we can take away the, you know, there were some positives, and there were, of course, negatives. A lot of people had a lot of expectations on this movie, but I think that, you know, you, you weren't going to be able to please everybody, and I'm glad that we were able to discuss some of the positives and the negatives tonight, fellas, about this movie, but all in all, I would say go ahead and make your uh, watch it and come to your own conclusions as to how you actually feel about it. If I can say this much, fellas, and I'll, maybe we all agree, I think it it was entertaining. It was entertaining enough from, I guess, from a nostalgia as- aspect of it to go out and see it. And and if you were a fan of the original, to see how they brought kind of things together with it. If if it all if if at all it was it was entertaining, right? It was. I, and, I, you know, as a brother put giving black people work, I'm going to support it. Of course, even yeah. though I might have my, my different opinions about it, I'm still going to support the man. You know. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I agree with that. And I will say this: I feel uh, so. I, I feel like there there's an, an, a, a real attempt here to have a story that is a responsible message. I just feel like that I wish they would listen to their own message. It's like it's such an attempt to be like, here's a message: you got to respect black women. But then, like in how they cast and wrote the story, they kind of didn't. So I just I just want them to respect like to take their own message and actually like heed it because like there's a lot of I think the story could have been made much better if they had focused so much more on like his daughter. Uh, They could have fleshed out so much more with with just small conversations between his his daughters that were, you know, one of them is is his actual child. Uh, You could have gave her lines. And so like, like, 
I just I just wish there had been more uh, attention paid to their you know their own message because it undercuts it if you're like yeah listen to black women but then like you spend the entire movie not shout out shout out uh, once again and shout out so one positive one positive tip about my city one positive tip about Atlanta Georgia CJ shout out the whole movie a hundred percent of the movie was shot right here in Atlanta Georgia man shout oh, out to shit. shout out to Tyler Perry yeah shout out to Tyler Perry and shout out so. CJ, we, there's a joke about this. There's a joke about this whole entire movie. This whole entire, 95.5% of this movie was shot in one place. So CJ, I don't know how you feel about it. This movie was shot at Evander Holyfield's house. Exactly. So wait, so wait. So uh, technically, I got to shout out Rick Ross because it is his house. Shit, Rick Ross did buy the house. <laughs> but me and you, that's always going to be Evander's house. That is always going to be Evander Holyfield House. So if you come to Atlanta, there's if you come to the south side of Atlanta here, not too far, it's Fayetteville, Georgia, very nice area. There's a, ma- a huge mansion, the biggest estate in the state of Georgia, actually, as of right now, as we talk. It, it was once owned by the heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield, bought now by the rap mogul Rick Ross. 95% of that entire movie, if you watched it, was shot at that estate. And then another yep. 5% was shot at Tyler Perry Studios, which was right up the road about 10, 10 or 15 minutes away. So the whole movie shot here in Atlanta. Shout out to them for doing it big. Shout out to Eddie Murphy. $60 million to make this movie. He sold it to Amazon Prime once we got into this pandemic for about $150 million. So he made some money off of that as well. Like you said, supporting black men, supporting the whole movement in the call. So, gentlemen, we were up on the time. Um, I had fun talking about the movie. I don't know how much fun I had talking about the All-Star Weekend, but I did have fun talking about <laughs> it. So, so, look, we're going to wrap it up here. So, CJ, man, you know, you're coming in. Um, like we talked about earlier, uh, in the show, you got a lot of stuff going on, CJ, man, coming up here. So you're coming into your own podcast that'll be starting here in a couple of weeks. So, CJ, you want to tell everybody what you got going on? Well, the, the name of the podcast show is going to be called CJ's Happy Hour. And the tagline is Sipping and Tripping, which is exactly what we're going to be doing. I'm going to have, uh, uh, for the first couple of shows, there's going to be some celebrity guests on. We're going to be just laughing and talking about uh, the, the everyday topics that are going on, whatever's trending right now. We're going to talk about everything except sports and politics. So I'm sorry, Leo, I won't have any sports talk on that. But I do have a three-time Super Bowl champ that's from the new, uh, San Francisco 49ers that's going to be joining me, and I'm definitely going to get you on for that. Okay? Hey, man. Hey, definitely. Hey, look, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to you cranking this thing up, man, to see how you run it. So, yeah. So be on the lookout, man, for CJ's happy hour. He's going to be sipping and tripping over there. Some celebrity guests. And hopefully I'll get a bunch of a bunch of time over there, man. And I'll definitely bring CJ back over to the Leo G show as well. So, look, Jay, you always got stuff going on and I always plug everything you got going on because it's very entertaining. Frown time you got this going on, kicking. I got a couple of episodes over um, the Leo G show. You're doing the big over there. Shout out, um, you know, Frown time. Also, uh, your comedy is kicking back up. Got some Zoom shows. So, so what do you got going on, like, as of right now, present? Um, so mainly Frown Town. I actually was on the Dat Fan and Friends uh, comedy shows. That is starting to wrap up. I might be on a couple more shows of those. A lot of that is just my my time. Actually, I don't have as much time, uh, believe it or not, to sit around and do Zoom shows. Um, I'm also uh working on. So we're 
currently working on, uh, and when I say we, me and a couple of comedians in the Seattle area are currently working on filming some sketches. Uh, those are probably going to be dropping here in summer. So uh, some of the problem is just trying to figure out logistics because pandemic. But once we have all of that kind of worked out, uh, keep an eye out for that. We got some some stuff that'll probably hit YouTube, um, hopefully in June. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is just. God, I got to honestly, part of it is I got to quit taking on additional production uh, stuff. I really have to because it's it's getting to be too much. But yeah, for right now, we so <laughs> look for that you, in man. June. Keep keep working. Keep digging. Like I said, I'm proud of you, brothers, man. Everybody's doing their thing, man. CJ on the up and coming. Be on the lookout for that April 1st. Always go to the uh, jjonescomedy.com, uh, jjonescomedy.com. Dot mm-hmm. com page to check out to see what he's doing. Like I said, follow Frowntown. Also, of course, continue to like, subscribe, and follow the Leo G page on Facebook, and also follow us on Twitter as well. That's the at the Leo G show, the number one. And we're gonna continue to do what we do. And uh, like we're still trying to get over this pandemic, people. If you if you plan on getting a vaccine, make sure you you, you research it, get out and get the vaccine, so we can get through through this, and we can we can we can get to the other side of this, man. So this has been another edition of the Leo G show. Thanks for all the support. Well,